You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. In the middle of a piece where he's trying to explain the Medrash, he says that the reason why he's called Yitzchak is because Yud Tzadi Ches Kuf, Yud represents the Aseris Adibros that his children would receive. The tzaddik represents the 90 years of age that his mother was. The ches represents the eight days of the bris milah, which he was the first one to receive. Mm-hmm. And the kuf represents um, the age of his father, Avraham, who was 100 years old. So now the last three actually fit very nicely because one's his mother, one's him, and one's his father, and the numbers associated with Sarah is 90, the number associated with Avram is 100, the number associated with Yitzchak would be the eighth day, because he was the first one to be born um, and get a bris at that age. That's all good. But why are we mixing in the Aseris Adibras into his name? So that's what he's trying to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, or some, other, some other element or number that seems a lot more directly connected to Yitzchak. Yitzchak. Okay. Uh, so if you see on the left, in the left side, on Kufnan Dalet, Achadayin Tzarech Ladas, two of Tama. It's still like a good explanation. Ma betza yihiyu beremez bishmo aseres adibros. Why do we allude in his name to the Ten Commandments? Umispar shnos ave v'imo. And why the ages of his parents? Um, and why is the most important number associated with Yitzchak, the fact that he got a bris at eight? Furthermore, if that's the reason why he was named Yitzchak, then we should have called him Yitzchak, because his mother being 90 and his father being 100 should be together. Because why do we put the eight days of the bris in between? If anything, I would have put the bris and the Torah, meaning the ches and the yud together, and then the kuf and the, the tzadi and the kuf, which is the ages of his parents together. Anyway. So here's the answer. And this is a very important idea. We say this every day in our davening, Davar Tziva Dor, that God commanded his word to the 1,000th generation. And we say, Zu Torah, Ki Ein Ruyim Lekabel Torah, because you cannot receive the Torah. Im Lo Dor unless you have a generation that's free from the poison of the serpent. Adam, Arishan, and Chava, when they were first created, they were pure almost angelic beings. They were spiritually attuned. They were the way man was really meant to be. When they fall into the incitements of the serpent, when they eat from the fruit of that tree, it fills them with this confusion of good and evil. And he's saying that the natural (coughs) human process for cleansing ourselves from the poison of the Nachash, 1,000 generations. Well, that would be six years a generation. So, I'm sure the thousands are related, but a thousand generations is what it should take for us to naturally um, wash away that... It sounds like no the original sin. Well, no, because they say that they, they stole everything from us. It's just they corrupted it and made it seem like every person goes to hell. 
until and that's that's the difference of what they say but we everyone agrees that from when man fell we're now punished we're now mortal that says in the Torah that's not you say a generation <coughs> well he's going to explain that it should take a thousand years it's obviously God's not going to wait that long I'm sorry a thousand generations thank you thank you thank you yes a thousand generations meaning it should be a thousand children child of a child of a child a thousand times that's what it should take to fix this. That would be 20,000 years. That's what it should take. That's what the al is coming to correct here. We know we're not going to get the Torah until we reach a certain level of uh, perfection and process. In fact, I get asked this all the time. I was once asked this. I get asked this question all the time. He says, "How could it be that all six hundred thousand Jews, and we're talking about six hundred thousand men, which means three million Jews? How could it be that all three million of them were on the level to achieve prophecy?" And they all had prophecy, and not even in a dream. They had like a real They were awake. How do three million people deserve? And they use this to challenge the giving of the Torah and the, the story which we tell. So um, other people give an answer. Some people who like to answer this question, then no, not everyone deserved. But because some people deserve, the other people got prophecy like uh, um, on the side. Right, by association. He says, I don't like that answer. Um, The real answer is, there's really only one obstacle. That confusion of good and evil brought in through the poison of the serpent and the eating of the tree. As we've explained regarding Adam Arishon, that before the sin, Adam Arishon was on the level of prophecy like Moshe Rabbeinu would achieve face-to-face talking to God. The reason why all the Jewish people experience prophecy is because all three million were back to before the sin. That's why they're all ready for prophecy. No, nothing will be like the Garden of Eden. No sin that we will commit will be like the Garden of Eden. But assuming, in theory, if someone would um, commit a sin that's on the level of the Garden of Eden, that would set us back a thousand generations. Not quite. But it does bring back the poison, of course. So th- that's the, that's the real story of the Pesach Seder. The the if you if you if we would know how to read the Haggadah properly, we would see a perfect description. Everything that we went through was a cleansing process. All the difficulties we went through, the suffering, the, the right, everything that was elevated. You know, the 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 sins of the flood with the children who were drowned, and the sins of the Tower of Babel with the children who were stuck into the building, and the the sins of the of the um, the generation of uh, of Saddam with the people who the uh, rubble fell on them everything if we would know how to read the the Yitzhak Mitzrayim story properly we would see exactly how Hashem arranges for the perfection and elevation of all the souls of the Jewish people we don't have time to go into it but is it known is someone written it's been it's been written okay now listen to this but Tzarech Hayoz Kulam and now the reason why they all need to be prophets, Hashem wants to give every Jew the Torah, and not on a general level. And this is a, I, I can't say this enough, I, I could say it a thousand times, and the biggest problem to me saying this will be that people don't believe me. So I'll say it again, 
And everyone must believe me. Really, you must. If the only person who was there to receive the Torah was you, God would have given you the Torah. If it was just you, Hashem would have given just you the Torah. Because the Torah, as much as it's given to Klal Yisrael in general, it was not given because um, many Jews deserved it and so we just gave it to the whole Jewish group. Every single individual um, member of Klal Yisrael is deserving to have the entire Matan Torah just for them. That's the real meaning of Bishvili Nivra Ha'olam. For me, the world was created. Again, I'll say it and people will go, oh yeah, that's an exaggeration or a drush. I mean, that's the literal truth. And so he's saying that because that is the case, the Alshech, Hashem did not want to give the Torah where only some of the Jews deserve prophecy and everyone gets by association. Everyone had to be on that level. That God spoke to each individual Jew. I don't know if you've heard this before, but this is why the Ten Commandments are all written in singular. In singular. Lo tisa, zachor, not zachru. It doesn't say lo tirzachu, it says lo tirzach. It's all written in singular form because it's talking to each individual Jew. Meaning we needed 600,000, or I should say 3 million people, all perfect with none of the poison of the serpent. So they should be able to hear it directly from Hashem. They should see the prophecy while they are awake. The problem is Hashem knows. If we leave it to natural selection, it would take a thousand children being born one after the other in order for us to be cleansed. That's a, a whole, a whole other discussion there. Yeah, no, we we need a whole separate class for what were they doing, what did they see, what did they experience, who are they, what are their souls? A whole separate discussion. Yeah, absolutely. And the answer is that it was dumped on them. The first night uh, on Pesach. We're talking about people who were slaves, who some of them prayed to God once, twice in all their lives. We were talking about people who had but a distant uh, memory or understanding. that They had a year of miracles, a year of open miracles. They had a year where they were learning about God and interacting with God, but they were not on a high level. And then that Pesach night, after they shechted the carbon Pesach and they sat in their homes and ate the carbon Pesach, every one of them, the highest level of prophecy, just with undeserved and just they got walloped with it. Then when we it say, yeah, is totally overwhelming. And then, and then, when the night ended, it was all instantly removed, and they found themselves right back where they were before the previous night. And then they would, they, and Hashem says to them, we're going to spend the next 50 days trying to get back to that place. And they did it. They really worked hard over the next 50 days. But since they'd had it, it was somewhat familiar. They were able to get there. And the splitting of the sea certainly led them, splitting of the sea was a certain level of prophecy. But the whole process of that walk, the splitting of the sea, the eating of the man, the appearance of the well, all of that was a very quick fix in order to bring the Jewish people after 50 days so he says, you need a thousand generations. Hashem saw that that was not going to work. So therefore, God said, we're going to subtract that number by 974. 
V'nisharu Esrim Rishisha, Hashem said, we're going to make it 26 generations. Now, the problem is there's no shortcuts in life. So something has to bridge that gap. How are you skipping so many generations? So here's what Hashem did. Hashem had to arrange a process where what would require a filtration of 1,000 generations, Yutach is for it to happen in 26, something has to work. In other words, you need some new machine that's going to cut down on the process. So he says, that's why Sarah did not give birth to Yitzchak while she was young. So because the the um, curse of the serpent, one of its one of its realizations, one of its fulfillments is damnida, which is the menstrual cycle of the woman, which is a kind of uh, processing of the woman, and that's why pregnancy and childbirth are linked in with the process of menstruation, because and the pain of childbirth and childbearing and all of that, that's the physical in um, representation of what really is a spiritual poison brought in by the serpent. So what Hashem does is He allows Sarah Imenu to go through an entire lifetime of her cycles without having a child and sort of processing out from herself all the poison of the serpent. Well, He's not throwing numbers out. Let's, he's not throwing numbers out, but let's see how he, how he says it. And furthermore, as we know, the body actually uses the hormones and the chemicals which it uses to produce the blood is that energy the body shifts itself to producing milk. So the, even the milk that the mother feeds the child passes along the, in theory, the struggle of the serpent uh, or the poison of the serpent, because it all goes back to that original um, um, punishment. So therefore, Hashem wanted that even her milk shouldn't come from there. So she had to live into old age. And then, So now, when the angel comes and says that Sarah is going to have a child, and as we know, that even though they had, um, even though he had told her to prepare bread, we see by the actual meal that no bread was brought out, because Sarah was Pirsanida, she got her menstrual cycle back. That's a new cycle. That's not a cycle associated with the serpent. That's the uh, Raknisi. That's a miraculous cycle that comes from God. So she was Nida without it coming from the serpent, but coming from God, where God himself refreshed her, so she was now like Chava in the Garden of Eden, before the sin, not completely, but on some level. No, this is it. So So now, the child being raised in that womb, which is not a womb which is connected to the sin of Adam and Chava, but a womb that has already gone through all that, finished it, and then got a um, God's own refurbished um, womb, excuse the term. So that allows the child to, when he's receiving the angel teaching him all this Torah, uh, maybe I shouldn't ask. <laughs> so he says, while most children, even though they learn the entire Torah 
um, utero, that's only because uh, they're still connected to the blood and receiving from a body connected to the poison of the serpent. And the Torah is weak. So because the child is receiving Torah from a place that's connected to the punishments of the sin of Adam and Chava, that's why he gets flicked on the lip and he forgets everything. Yitzchak, who's going to help us bring us to the Torah, he's connected to Hashem in this way. Furthermore, Furthermore, Hashem wanted Yitzchak to be born to Avraham. Avraham. So first, we're going to get rid of the Yitzchak of Avraham. With his battle Tavaso, with his Kashadamish and Nitzabodama. Now, basically, what he's saying is like this There is one mitzvah, there's one mitzvah in the Torah that cannot be performed without a Yetzir Hara. And that's the mitzvah of having children. Without an evil inclination, you can't have children. The story is told, they tried to remove the evil inclination for uh, adultery, and everyone, yeah, the people couldn't. So the only mitzvah that you can perform using the evil, you must use the evil inclination, is having children. That's why David HaMelech says that to a certain extent, you know, every person is inclined towards sin. He says one of the reasons is because one of the um, levels, one of the definitions of the level of a soul of a person is the intention of the parents at the moment of conception. It's a big thing that's discussed in the holy books, that at the moment of conception, if the parents are focused on their desire, then that will be a... uh, uh, an indulgent child, if the parents are focused on their purpose, then that will be a purposeful child, etc., and all that. So, so he's saying that because the, because the child is only born from an evil inclination, um, therefore that's what makes this process of cleansing so difficult. But if you would find a person who is already past the age where they have th- these desires and wants. So he says, Avram Avinu, we waited until he had no more inclination. But his battle tavaso and his desire was gone. But his kashir damo, his blood doesn't flow as well. In Mishanitzra Baudamo, once his blood is no longer boiling, and metaphorically speaking, that Avram was doing this without much Yetzirahara, and says what happens now is we have totally sped up the process, sped up the process. We have now jumped many levels because it takes a thousand generations within the regular human capacity. But if at any point, and this is actually generation 20, which means we should have another 80, um, but instead, if a generation 20, instead of having a normal child, Hashem allows Sarah to run through all the poison of the serpent within her, allows Avram to run through all his challenges of the evil inclination within him, wait until they're both long past that stage, and then reinvigorate them with strength, they are now a semblance of Adam and Chava, and now 980 goes down to 6. That's why Yitzchak is the perfect offer. He has no thoughts on the matter. Yitzchak is a, 
with love, wants to give himself for the Akedah, Kemushlal Yetzahara, like he has no evil inclination, Kemush Amr Zalval Yechushneem Yachtav, they walk together, Kialkein Yitachin Mashinisayin Akedah Lenisiach as the Yitzchak. In fact, that's why Yitzchak doesn't even get credit for the Akedah, because he was so perfect a person. He was so perfect that he um, had no challenge for the Akedah. Now, it doesn't mean that he didn't have challenges, because obviously, but that might come from external influence and the world that he lived in and his son Esau and all these other things. But Yitzchak himself, from his birth, was free of all that. So he says, Because this is a process to lead to the bringing of the Torah. We needed to speed up the process of the filtering to get rid of the poison which stops you from prophecy. So that's why his mother had to be old, as we explained. And Avram had to be a hundred. That's why these numbers are the name of Yitzchak. The Yud in Yitzchak's name is why he is who he is, which is that the Jewish people can experience the prophecy, specifically of the Ten Commandments, which requires, so the Yud is the first letter of his name, because that's his whole purpose, that's what his birth is trying to lead to. And therefore, that's why Sarah needs to be 90. So Yud means in order for the Jewish people to experience the Asaras Adibris, Tzadi, his mother, needs to be free of the poison of the serpent and be 90. That's why it's Yud and then Tzadi. He's given a bris at 8, representing the fact that he's the perfect Korban. And that's why eight days is the day when you get a bris. As we know, an animal, you can't be brought as a carbon until it's eight days old. That itself. He says, but bris is kind of like a carbon, and an animal can't be brought as a carbon until eight days. So that's why the bris is at eight days. And that's why his father also needed to be 100 years old. That's why Yitzchak's name is 1090. Well, it's supposed to be a thousand. A thousand generations. Where did you get that thousand? So why 26... We say that that's Hashem's name. So it's like um, Hashem's midah is midah serachemim, mercy. So the mercy made it into 26. But that's why uh, yesterday in the Shabbat Tefillah we say the, that uh, chapter in Tehillim, Kil Olam Chazda, Kil Olam Chazda, Kil Olam Chazda, and there's 26 Kil Olam Chazdos there. And that represents the 26 generations before the giving of the Torah where God sustained the world only through his uh, kindness. Well, it had to be. Once you change someone's name, right. Right, you, you change their neshama. Right. Right. I mean, right. right. He's even older when he has the next six children. Right. right. And he does not, nobody even was not making right. a deal. Right. Absolutely. But if he became young again, so he would have been uh, the equivalent of 50 at that time. Right. Right? <coughs> yeah. you, you can't bring an animal for a korban until it's eight days old. Other way around. Well, no, no. It goes both ways. But the, 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 no, the, the Brit is like a kind of korban. Yeah, right. Now, the 26 generations is from Adam. Okay, right. After, um, for, once he gets to Avram, Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, um, Levi, Kahat, Amram, uh, Moshe. Uh, it's, it's really hard to make calculations once you're in, when you're inside. 
right? In in retrospect, in twenty um, hindsight gives us the, the vision. We could say, oh, that's what it meant. In the same way, we have all these um, midrashim calculations of things that tell us when Mashiach is going to come, and we look at it and we go, well, he, according to this, he's coming in two years, he's coming in twelve years, he's coming in this, and then um, and then when it doesn't happen, we get disappointed, and then when we look back, we'll say, oh, that's what it meant. So you know, after the fact, it's easy. All right, page kuf nun ches. Okay, um, page Kufnun Ches on the left side, totally different subject. We asked the question earlier. Why does Avram send away Hagar and Yishmael alone? Without really giving them anything real for, in terms of food. Stinking bottle of water. Right, right that's it. He says, why does Avram send them away like that? He could have sent slaves, he could have sent them with, a, could have sent them with an animal. Could have sent them. So he was very bothered by this. Well, how does Avram send away the same child, um, the same child, the way he asks the question? Who he says, when God says you can have Yitzchak, he's like, well, what about Yishmael? Can't he have something? And it turns out that wasn't such a good question to ask, and you know, we're still suffering because of it. But he's like fighting for Yishmael. And when when Sarah says we got to send them out, he's fighting, he's upset, he's like, no, this is my son. And Hashem says, no, no, you got to oh, send Hashem them away. So he says, okay, and sends them away with a water bottle. He promised him he'd have 12 princes from him. Right. right? So he knew that it was going to work out fine. I understand, but you send the, send the, <laughs> you go, here's, here, go in the forest for a week, is a water bottle. <laughs> water right. right. That's... In, in a, in a, Okay. So he says, Avram is actually worried about his son because he knows that as much as in this world his wife was complaining about Yishmael, but he knew in the upper world Yishmael did not have a lot of friends. And there are angels didn't have a lot of friends. And there are angels who would love to stop Yishmael right now, as it turns out. The angels were saying, yeah, let's kill Yishmael. Look at all the terrible things he's going to do. So Avraham knows if he sends away Yishmael with nothing, with, I'm sorry, with everything, if he sends him with an animal, with food, with all kinds of things, then Yishmael is going to continue falling under heavenly judgment, and he doesn't know how that's going to turn out. His chakim, so Avram is outsmarting the angels. Levilti shalchem adam, he doesn't send them away with lots of stuff. Kim ader abikim egorish v'nezav, he throws him out and abandons him. Leman ka'ani chiyatov, so that he's like a poor man wrapped in his cloak. Sha'ideken yirucham and ashamayim, and then God steps in. When someone's abandoned and left for nothing, that becomes... And the people who Hashem steps in themselves to protect. Well, it's just the idea of, of uh, Yaakov going to uh, Lavan, and he's robbed by uh, what's his name? Eliphaz. Eliphaz. So he's like he's dead already. Right. So ki inyan ki avi ve'imi azavuni v'Hashem yasveni. David says, "My father and mother abandoned me, and Hashem took me in." V'chene ki akain, and in fact, it's true. Va'yishma elokim es kol anar. Hashem heard the voice of the child. In Safiki, I see imo maris nefesh be'emes. Um, don't you think his mother was in pain? But Amor, she was probably bothered by Ayechasti Avram. Where's Avram's kindness? He treats every stranger in the world with so much kindness. In Kolaritza, going with every um, every uh, thief and vandal and bandit that comes by, he treats them like kings. Uli Shmuel ben is and this child who I bore to him, 
How could he be so cruel? So Hagar is angry and upset. Labilti Tzavos Echad Miavado Yisim Adrachik couldn't send a servant with to take care of him. Uveragli and by foot to believe Sipuk Tzarchek Karoi without uh, giving him the proper foods. Alkin Amar La Malach Hashem. That's why the angel says Malach Hagar Midagasech. Don't worry so much. Alteri, don't be afraid. Kidi Efo Mashisham Hashem as Kol Anar Hoya Basher Husham Basher Husham. Says the Al Shech means the only reason why Yishmael is alive right now is because he had nothing. He was Basher Husham. He just was as he was, and they were, this was going to be the chance for the angels to come out of the process of judgment to come out and to get rid of Yishmael from the world. And Avram knew that that was going to happen, so he sent him away. And when when he's in rags and starving and crying of hunger and thirst and illness, which he was, and the mother is feeling abandoned and left alone, and she's crying and she can't watch the death of her child. That scene invokes God's mercy and Yishmael lives. Well, well, we're supposed to do what we're supposed to do because we don't know what's going on in heaven. But Avraham knows that this is a moment where Yishmael is in serious danger if he's in a regular place. So he has to put Yishmael specifically, Avraham knows, he's a prophet, he, he has to put Yishmael into this place where you feel so bad for him that you can't do anything to him, and that becomes his salvation. But going back to, to David Amela, when Yonatan doesn't bring him bread before he um, tells him what his father is going to do to him, you end up with the death of all the Kohanim. That's no, correct. And Yonatan is punished for not... Everyone's punished for that, right. That's absolutely correct. So I, I, how is this different? I mean, how... Like, like, like I'm saying, it, it's not what we're supposed to do unless you know. Unless you know that this, this is what's specifically necessary in this situation. And that's something which most of us can never know. But there are times in your life as well, I think everyone has this experience, where they realize that in order to get someone to be in a certain place, you have to arrange for someone to be treated in a certain way in order for them to get there. So, you know, I'm saying an example, if you need an intervention on someone, so the friends need together to get together and to be really cruel, even the nicest person has to be really cruel in order to get a person to a certain place you know, there are times for everything there's a time for it and David and Yonason got it wrong and he did it because he didn't think about it which was neglect Yonason didn't bring him food he neglected to bring him food here Avram knows the situation understands that he could give him lots of stuff knows the, knows how what, what kind of danger Yishmael is in and calculates that Yishmael's greatest chance of survival is to be completely abandoned by his parents. They say that for addictions, too. you got to hit rock bottom before you change it. Also, Avram was trying to save Ishmael. But doesn't Avram know what kind of a person Ishmael is going to be? Yes, yes. Okay. But, uh, but Avram is ready to uh, sacrifice Yitzchak because Hashem taught him to. Why now he's going against Hashem's will and saving when he knows it's a great question but the, the answer is that um, you know he wasn't told to allow Yishmael to die so it was up to him and what he perceives and if it's up to him you know a parent to a child 
It's apparent to a child. And whether whether he saw that in the future Yishmael's children were going to cause trouble to Yitzchak's children, but it was his son. I mean, he does do teshuva, but but it won't help for his children. He knows that um, that Yishmael's children are going to be um, murderers and killers of of the Jewish people, and and that's why the angels wanted to kill him. But uh, this was his son. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't Sarah's son, and Sarah it was a better nevuah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Sarah was a better nevuah than. Uh... Well, she said she sent him away. She didn't say we have to kill him. If there would have been any hint from God, you know, Yishmael has to go or whatever, then he might have acted differently. But he's just told, send them away, you should have no part here. And so now you could send them away, but he knows sending them away would mean possible death unless he can arrange this. Is this uh, reflecting the idea that we had to have Yaakov come to provide balance to Avram and Yitzhak because Avram... Avram's trait was chesed, but he overdid chesed in the case of Yishmuel. Um, I, I, would, I would say that that's certainly a possibility. In other words, the, the Gemara, um, the opinion of the Medrash, of the God of our sages, that says that when Avram says, Lu Yishmael if only Yishmael could also have, according to the opinions that Avram should not have said that, then that would be an example of where Avram's chesed has not yet been balanced. We would assume so, although I don't know if we would connect the, the jug of water to the, to the wellspring, because they both happy to be water, because that's what you need to live. But, right. um, but, like, you know, but, but more from Yeah, absolutely. If we would be uh, reading you know, more into that story, we would have to analyze why specifically the miracle happened in this way. And there's a lot more contained within that story. I'm just pointing out the um, incredible take of the Alshech here, that Avram's abandonment of Yishmuel was for the sake of saving his life. And that's 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 really the the, the key, to, the point of what he's making. I just want to add one more line, if we could, on page Kuf Samach Dalad. Um, this is really very short, so we're just going to stick it in. Um, the mountain is called Har Hamoria. What's the reason why it's called Har HaMoria? So the Gemara gives different reasons. It's called uh, Moria because of the myrrh, the smell. Myrrh was a kind of uh, um, uh, incense that they that they used. Um, this uh, Moria also means like Torah, Mora to teach, and that's the place where Torah would come from. Alshech has a very beautiful pshat. So he says on page Kuf Samachdal, Mashat Samcha Lemor Lechlecha. When I tell you to go to Hara Moria, you can't just bring Yitzchak as an offering anywhere. Hello, Kishami Eretz Amoria. Why? The Indian. An offering brought anywhere else is not the same as there. Meaning, even in the Mishkan, it's not the same as in the Beit Hamikdash. Even in Shiloh, which where the Mishkan stood for many years, it's not the same as the Beit Hamikdash. Why? Because we're going to learn in just a couple of parashiyot that um, um, you, the Harabayit, there is the Shara Hashemayim, the gate to heaven. Keneged Beit HaMikdash Shalmala, which is where the Beit HaMikdash stands. Vahamakriv Sham, when you bring an offering on the Har Habayit, Kemakriv Lamala, it's as if you're bringing a korban in Shamayim. 
So listen to this beautiful explanation. That yom alach lecha l'aretz amoriyah kolomar al makom amor shem ka. Um, so connected to the name Yud Hey, Ki Bika Hashem Tzur Alamim. You know, one of the, the, the guy it says that Bika Hashem Yud Hey Hashem created the worlds. Haolam Azabe Hey, Olam Aba BeYud. This world is connected with the Hey, and the other world with the Yud. But to become one word, they have to meet somewhere. Imlo b'makom amechuvin connected Alyo, and that's the Har Habayis. If you could see properly, you would see the Harabayas is the He, which represents this entire world, and on top of it would be the Yud, which represents the upper world. That's why it's called Mountain Moriah. It's the place where you can see the Yud and the He. As if the Yud and He come together in that spot. So a beautiful shot. And Moriah, and that's why the car, the the uh, Akeda has to happen in that place. That's why the Beis Hamikdash is built there. He's saying um, that the name Yud K representing this world and the next. If we could see that, we would see how the upper Beis Hamikdash, the Yud and the Olam Abba, meets the He, the lower Beis Hamikdash, which is uh, this world. All right. Uh, I could use some help with breakfast. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.